0: This is transistor.fm
1: clubhouse.io slash build. I've been telling you about it for weeks, months, even clubhouse.io slash build. That coupon code will get you an extra two months free to try out clubhouse with your team. What is it? It's snappy project management software, lean, agile, Kanban, whatever your flavor You're going to love Clubhouse, and I only have this week and next to tell you about it, so try it now, clubhouse.io slash build.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Build Your Sass. This is the the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buddha, a
1: software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. It's weird that we say that intro every time because it it makes me think so much about uh, identity and the words we use to describe ourselves. And every time I say those words, I'm like, I do product and marketing. I'm like, is that... Just the fact that we shoehorn ourselves into these little identities. Yeah, I, I've just been camping, so I'm a little bit more philosophical than, than normal. I'm like, you can't, you can't put me in a box. What does it even mean? Yeah, I've been staring at the stars. Yeah, am I actually a software engineer?
0: I don't know. Am I engineering anything?
1: Eventually, this podcast is just going to be us uh, broadcasting from a cabin in the woods somewhere. <laughs>
0: Yeah, over pirate pirate radio. Yeah,
1: over pirate radio. Uh, yeah, so it's a long weekend here in Canada. Um, happy two four to all my fellow Canadians. <laughs> what is it? Because there's two four, and I think two four is also. Um. Now, now I'm gonna get my Canadian my Canadiana.
0: Is that the number two followed by a four? So
1: it's the number two. And then the number four, two four. Um, and it's also a case of beer containing 24 bottles. And so, why is it called May two four? The holiday is colloquially known in parts of Canada as May two four, a double entendre that refers to both the date around which the holiday falls, May 24th, but the date can switch. This year it was right. <laughs> May 20th, right. and the Canadian slang for a a case of twenty four beers, a two four.
0: So a lot of drinking.
1: There, there is a lot of drinking. Typically, okay. uh, I am still on my no alcohol right. kick. So, uh, which actually reminds me, I think if now you, you're more hip than I am, so I should ask you this question. But do you remember uh, in the nineties, smart drinks? Like there were smart drink bars that were all night. So the regular bar would close. And then all the rave kids would want to go to the all night clubs, but the all night clubs couldn't serve alcohol, and so they would have to serve smart drinks. Is this like
0: caffeine or what?
1: Uh, yeah, some of them were caffeine. Some of them were uh, just you know uh, full of <laughs> uh, uh, yeah and vitamins and who knows what else. Huh. Right?
0: Uh, no, I was I either that was not a thing here
1: or I was not in that scene. Interesting. Well, I have this theory that I think that's going to come back that, and of course, everyone listening is like, well, you, Justin thinks this because he's not drinking alcohol, but bear with me for a second. Uh, and there's a few startups in San Francisco that have just started around this, but the idea of having a non-alcoholic drink that feels like a great alcoholic drink. Yeah. Uh, a non-alcoholic drink that has all the mystery and uh, romance and feel of drinking booze, but is non-alcoholic. And there's this one company, what are they called? It's called, I'll put this in the show notes, it's called Kin Euphorics. All bliss, no booze. Elevate your state without the hangover. And Mm -hmm. they have... um, uh, or oh, we turn to an ancient remedy and modern alchemy to create euphorics, an adult beverage made from nourishing nootropics, balancing aptogens, and replenishing botanics that opens the mind, calms the body, and connects the spirit. Now, this is a little bit too... Yeah, much. that's a little bit markety, market-y speak. It's a little bit too much, but I'm going to put this in the show notes because I think I just want to put a stake in the ground and say, I think this is going to happen, um, and I want to just be on record to say, I think these kinds of non-alcoholic drinks are going to have a comeback. Smart drinks was the first maybe iteration. And um, they're going to be marketed not like 0% beer, which is kind of like who who really wants to buy that, but a kind of a something that you would be proud to take to a party and wouldn't be embarrassed of.
0: Yeah, I could see that. It's a good idea. Maybe you can start your own line.
1: Well, I think uh, I think we are going to start our own line, John. That's our next thing. <laughs> if this if this doesn't work out, <laughs> mark my words, it's going to be a thing. And I, it's probably already taken. I'm going to say it right now, just so oh, maybe should I say? Yeah, I'll say it. I I think "sober" is a great name for my line, but it's probably already taken. Let's see, "sober drinks." By the way, when I need to find like see if a name is taken, I usually go to um, Trademarkia first. Okay, here we go. Yeah, there are... Oh, well, there's a few things, but... No, no, I think I'm good. I'm good. Um. Anyway, so...
0: All right, we'll check back in a couple of years and see where that market's at.
1: I wish there was a way we could... You know how you can set, uh like, a... Well, there's Boomerang, which allows you to set, a, you know, snooze an email for, like, a couple of weeks. I wish we could hmm. do that more with everything. Like, just... Bookmark this conversation and just say, "Hey, just remind me in, you know, a year."
0: It'll just notify you later. Yeah, I bet there's an I bet there's an app for that. I'm
1: sure there is. Most people probably just put it in their calendar. But um, so I've been gone, I'm out of the loop. But what have you been up to? It's, you you shipped something? I did.
0: Uh, yeah, something I've been kind of working on for a bit, on and off, um, and that is moving our RSS feeds over to their own CDN.
1: Okay. Can you explain this to me? Why do we want to do this?
0: Uh, there's a couple a couple reasons. So RSS feeds generally are just hammered all day long by apps that are indexing podcasts. So uh, since we're not actually distributing updates to all the platforms as they happen, uh, all the platforms like Apple and Google and Spotify, they have to keep checking RSS feeds all the time to see uh, if there's changed information, updated information, new episodes. Um, and since you know, not everyone's on like a regular schedule, they can't just say, all right, I'm going to check this once a day uh, or once a week on Tuesday at 8 in the morning and be good. So it's literally like each feed probably gets hit like thousands and thousands of times a day.
1: Mm-hmm. And actually, somebody was just talking. About, I think it was James Cridland. He was saying... We really need, uh, you know, if, if for podcasting to kind of move forward, we need to move past this idea that we're just going to ping an RSS feed all day long. Yeah, it's
0: really inefficient. So up until now, uh, all those requests were actually being handled straight through our Rails app. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were cached uh, for a while until there's basically an update, so you're not necessarily hitting the database every time, but it's still a request that's sending out data. Mm-hmm. Um it's a web request, and if it's, you know, those things are just getting thousands of requests a second, a minute. I mean that our RSS feed endpoint just gets slammed. So it's not it wasn't really a, so much a performance issue, like it wasn't really affecting our app, mm-hmm. but it was more so like offloading bandwidth from Amazon. Gotcha. Uh, to something else because Amazon bandwidth just sort of adds up to a lot over time. So
1: mm-hmm. So this is just another way to optimize our app and rely less on this expensive infrastructure.
0: Right. Yep. Uh so I switched everything over I think on Thursday or Friday night and seems to all be good. There's you know a number of things that you have to test out uh making sure that the cache on the CDN is expired as soon as someone publishes a new episode or as soon as they change something or as soon as they update their show. Change the artwork out. All those have to be kind of synchronized, mm-hmm. um, and that all sort of just happens in the background. Like if someone is hosting with us and they add a new episode, even if they schedule it uh, at the point that that episode is is live, it will actually hit the CDN and expire the RSS feed that's stored there, mm-hmm. and just basically expires instantly. And you know the CDN hits our app and reads a new one and stores it on their servers, and then so it's only one request per update really versus, you know, thousands and thousands. So the CDN's getting hit.
1: Sweet. Sweet. So yeah,
0: it's uh it's a good update. I mean, it's a small thing that no one really noticed, but Yeah. Kind of kind of a big big thing for us. Yeah,
1: that's kind of that's kind of the name of the game, isn't it? You you yeah. have to optimize both ends. You have to it's,
0: op- Yeah, it's a small little small little tweaks and
1: How do you feel like it's been a few weeks now since we got back from Portland? How do you feel about you know, Our progress since we got back. Um, Are we kind of? uh, Do you? Yeah. Do you feel like we're on it? Where you feel like we're progressing nicely?
0: I think we. I think we are. Yeah. I mean, I know the big things we talked about. We haven't really started on. We haven't really talked about it since Portland. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that respect, maybe not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But then again, like I think, like I said before, I don't necessarily have huge chunks of time to devote to new features Mm -hmm. at the moment. So kind of like getting some of the smaller ones done in preparation for the big ones is still, I think good progress. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's kind of the way, you know, I had this, again, I must be in this post camp, uh, bliss or something. Cause I'm riding my bike to my office and as I'm riding, I, you know, I knew I had to be here around six thirty, and there's this state of my life. I'm, I'm sure actually I was like this before I left I just felt like I needed to get everywhere fast. I needed mm-hmm. to get everywhere efficiently. You know, there's all these time management techniques, huh. ways to optimize your time and your energy. Yep. Maybe maybe it's just I inhaled a lot of campfire smoke.
0: How, how many s'mores did you oh,
1: eat? Oh, man. The question is, <laughs> how many s'mores did my kids eat? You will not believe. <laughs> it, is, it is insanity. <laughs> How many marshmallows those kids can eat? <laughs> um, but, you know, but there is something about that. You know, we're camping. We're enjoying these moments together. Everything kind of slows down. And then I'm back in the real world and I'm like, why are we sometimes in such a rush? And there, there's certainly, again, like any, anything, there's a middle ground here. You can't just lay back and be lazy, but there is something about not over-optimizing for efficiency and speed because I think a lot of that energy gets wasted just like running fast on a treadmill.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good point. I think that leads into what I was going to talk about. Yes. So yeah, I was um, listening to, I was at the gym biking and I was listening to a podcast because the weather wasn't great had to hop on a bike, which is really, really boring. (laughs) Um, And it was uh, the Tim Ferriss show, which I don't generally listen to, but um, he mentioned that Derek Sivers was on, who is, uh, I I guess, well-known in the startup tech community for building uh, CD Baby in the late 90s and then sold it. Um, I don't know, 10, 12 years later. And he still
1: has one of the kind of original great blogs.
0: Yeah. And he's just, I think he just has a good kind of perspective on growing a business mm-hmm. and a lot of like little, just like, I don't know, a lot of little points that he made that just really resonated. Like nothing he said on the show was really new for, I mean, I've heard it before from him mm-hmm. just cause I've you know loosely followed him over the years, but. Um, he did talk a lot about kind of like how he built CD Baby slowly, mm-hmm. and kind of the way he works. Uh, he he had a couple of good metaphors, or maybe not metaphors, but like stories that he told that sort of kind of set up the way he works. There were like big life changing moments, and one of them was was uh, him talking about this bike ride. He used to when he lived in LA, he used to bike like every morning on this lakefront path that was like it was like a 50 mile bike ride or 40 mile bike ride or something like that whoa so and like back and forth and for a while he was like i'm just gonna get on this bike every morning or a few times a week i forget exactly but he just wanted to like push it as hard as he could yeah so he, he like starts his watch and just like hauls until he has to turn around halfway you know and like come back yeah and he would he would time himself, and he said like every time I did that, I would finish in like forty three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like pushing as hard as I could. I didn't really like look at anything around me or appreciate anything. And then he said one day he was just like he got sick of of thinking about getting up and biking because he associated it, he associated it with pain and like suffering, mm-hmm. and it wasn't fun any longer. So he's like, I'm just gonna take this ride nice and easy today. And uh, and just, like, enjoy the ride. He said it was, like, a really nice ride. And he was just, like, you know, saw some dolphins in the ocean or whatever. <laughs> oh, wow. And then, so he, ch- you know, goes halfway and turns around and stops his watch. And he finished in 45 minutes. So, like, <laughs> he saved. He, he was only two minutes slower. And it was a much more enjoyable experience.
1: Yeah, that is such a perfect story. That's actually one of the few I haven't heard from him. Because I'm a huge Sivers fan, I, I I've read a lot of his stuff. There is something about that idea, isn't there? And
0: there's like, yeah, there there really is. It's like you don't really need to rush everything. You can't you can't get everything done. I don't know in in the time frame you think you can. I think and mm-hmm. I, I think Tim made a point, or maybe Derek, I forget, but one of them said that like humans generally underestimate or overestimate how much they can do in a week, but underestimate how much they can do in a year. Yeah, yeah. So if you just don't think about everything at once uh and not try not to get everything done as like as fast as possible like everything's a deadline and everything has to be rushed then you know you probably will end up with the same result you'll just be much less stressed out
1: <laughs> i think we overestimate what we can also do in a decade like this and you know i i'm thinking about i really do feel like you and i are, I can't, maybe I just can't, this post camp. Wow. Uh, it's just that as I'm on my bike ride, I was just thinking, man, John and I are so lucky to be in this moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have this business that's growing. We are enjoying the work. We haven't experienced something really hard yet and it's going to happen. Um, And, but right now, this is just a great moment. And, I wanted to kind of live in this a bit and just even, again, maybe put a flag here for five or ten years when things are hard. (laughs) But there is something about just getting to enjoy what you're doing and enjoying the place that you're in instead of, you know, I, yes, I want to get to this other level, yes, I want to get to the point where we can pay ourselves a full-time salary. Yeah, I, I aspire to those things, but I'm just really enjoying now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. I think he I maybe talks about that a little bit as far as, like, money goes and, like, why you're building something. But, like, he sold for, I don't know, what he's, he sold for multiple millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But then sort of, like, gave it all away. He, like, set up a trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in this like musical found music foundation. Cause he's a musician too. And he's just like, I, I have what I need. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't need any more. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, uh, you know, I building something I like and I like helping people out. I don't know. There's definitely several ways to look at it, but kind of like, I like his perspective.
1: I Yeah. I really like his perspective without, you know, the, the, I think you could be cynical and say, well, that's, that's nice for Derek Sivers or, you know, that's a fine ideology, way to go. But yeah. <laughs> there is um, there is something that I, the more I live and the older I get, the more truth about this, the more truth I see in this, which is just, if you can learn to enjoy what you're doing now, mm-hmm. and this goes back to this conversation, <laughs> which my wife reminds me of all the time where we were talking about, would we take 5 million each? <laughs> for Transistor. And I, one of the things I've thought about since then, and I mentioned this then too, is just I just enjoy what I'm doing now. And so if all of a sudden we got bought by Adobe and I have to go work at Adobe headquarters and I now I have a boss that I don't like and now I have to wear a shirt and tie and now I have to be I'm at the office at 9, and I'm expected to be there till 6. And I have to go to five meetings a week if I'm lucky.
0: You wouldn't be doing what you like.
1: That's the thing. And certainly, if I get too tired and weary from this, I'm going to hope there's some sort of parachute. And Adobe can certainly buy it then. (laughs) (laughs) But I just don't know what I would do. Well, I shouldn't say I don't know what i do, but I'm just trying to say... I enjoy this, and I'm enjoying this moment, and I would be happy to do this for a long time.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with
1: that. And so, uh, and maybe actually, this dovetails into something I want to talk about. But first, let me do another shout out for balsamic because we are nearing the end of our cycle of sponsorships with balsamic, and today I want to tell you about something they like to compete on. Peldy, he's the founder. Says that competing on features is so 90s. The software industry has matured enough in that most products that solve the same problem have the same set of features. And we've certainly seen that with Transistor. Balsamic is different. They decided early on to compete on two things usability and customer service. Now, usability means how easy and fun your software is to use. And we've already talked about that. But customer service, that's support technical, and sales-related. And they've always invested a lot in that. Their support team is spread from the Bay Area all the way to La France. And their priority is to make sure you're happy when using Balsamic. They are empowered to go to the literal ends of the earth to make sure that this is the case. That reminds me, I watched The Hobbit. I watched all three Hobbit movies while we were camping. (laughs) That was the only technology we had. (laughs) Balsamic is so solid that you may never need their help, but you shouldn't hesitate to reach out if you run into a question or a problem. They care about you and your success with the app. This will be apparent the first time you talk to them. You can meet the support team yourself at balsamic.com support. You see, I have notes kind of all over the place, but I wanted to mention my friend Derek Reimer just wrote this piece. and. Uh, it's called I'm walking away from the product I spent a year building. I'm going to put it in the show notes. If you haven't read it already, it's great. I like Derek a lot. Him and Ben Ornstein do the uh, art of product podcast where every week they update each other on their progress. They both kind of started uh, a year or so ago, Mm -hmm. launching their, uh, sorry, deciding to build their own products. So Ben is building tuple and Derek is building this Skype competitor, Skype, this Slack competitor called Level. And he just decided to walk away from it. And like any good podcast listener, I am really invested in Derek's story. I've been listening to his updates. Actually, it's probably more than a year now. And I've been rooting for him. I've been rooting for Ben too. I, I just feel like I'm a part of their journey. And uh, in the last few weeks listening to the show, I could tell, oh, wow, Derek is really wrestling with some big things. And Mm -hmm. um, basically he's realized that if he wants to bootstrap a a product, it's going to be very difficult to do that and compete against Slack. And he also kind of realized that there just wasn't enough momentum. So he had all these good early signs like he was doing the things you're supposed to do like customer calls, you know, interviewing people. He wrote this manifesto that got a ton of traction about how Slack is bad for teams and how it distracts developers all day. He launched a sign-up page where you could reserve your level handle and he had mm-hmm. I think 6,000 people join that. It might even be more. And You know, all these good signs and everything, but at the end of the day, when it came to people actually switching from Slack to something else, it just wasn't there. I mean, having had to walk away from my own projects in the past, uh, and you've had this too, I think we can identify with how hard that is to, you know, to leave something but the the flip side of that, maybe the more optimistic side, is I go, man, the journey really is the thing. Like, you know, did Derek waste a year of his time and his life building this thing? To me, it just all adds up. And I think we need to start uh, as product people and bootstrappers and founders and makers we do need to start thinking about it that way that these are just all layers that get added to our life and then eventually you know well eventually nothing we just keep going like it doesn't end until we die, right right and to me, there's something exciting about that that i I would if if transistor got blown up tomorrow, I wouldn't feel like, well, damn it, you know that's that's it my life is over
0: right yeah it doesn't it doesn't define your life
1: it in a way it does but it's it defines my life in a way that this is just the journey i'm on right now right and
0: yeah it defines a period of your life yeah yeah i mean it you know maybe in a year one of us will be like i don't want to do this anymore something will happen something will change
1: the the, the non-alcoholic drink space really heats up <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: justin's euphoric drinks really takes off yeah
1: i'm like i got to i got to chase this man <laughs> yeah i it, it i think the 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 nice thing about this article though is it really gets at this tension that we all have which is of course we all want our product to succeed Mm -hmm. Like, of course we want that. And of course we want to know all the right steps and all of the right things to do in order to get, you know, somewhere. But at the end of the day, the only thing you can really do is, you know, point your ship in a direction that you think makes sense and just hope for good weather and hope you make it to your destination, Mm right? Right. Right. And then you're going to get there, and then you're going to think, okay, well, now i got to go to the next place. That That is just kind of the way it is. And one thing that I also appreciated about Derek's piece is that, you know, once you start doing this, once you start making your own stuff, once you start kind of um, building your own future... So on one hand, you're making things for other people, and that's one part of it, and the other side, you're building your own future. Once you start doing this, you kind of never... Stop, you just right. keep going, so yeah it, it's definitely worth a read um He mentions uh that this this uh quote from this book that i actually i really do not like the title it 's called the mom Test which i mm-hmm. i I think we've said that's kind of like a sexist uh, i don't know I, but yeah. apparently the book is great, but the title is uh, <laughs> The subtitle of the book is How to Talk to Customers and Learn If Your Business is a Good Idea When Everyone Is Lying to You. Meaning, you can ask people what they want. You can ask people what they'll pay for. You can ask them what they think is a good idea. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is when people actually sign up and pay you, right? Yeah. And keep right. using the product. So, uh, yeah, I think I thought that was good too. The whole thing's great. I'm gonna have
0: to give it a read. Yeah,
1: people should go and check it out.
0: It was probably pretty therapeutic for him to write this, mm-hmm. and for and for other people to read it. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, it's it's a hard thing to do. And maybe that's the downside of of doing this in public. I think there's lots of benefits. You know, it's one thing to be working on something by yourself in your basement, and then it doesn't work out. You can go, okay, oh, all, right, all right, well, yeah, that's that. <laughs> But when you have so many people that are also invested in it with you, I think sometimes there can be this feeling of, oh, I can't stop. There's so many people counting on this, you know? Right. <laughs> they, want, they want the story to end well. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: also, I'm I'm like skimming this article as you're talking. And it's, it's also, I think, a little bit of a different situation. As, like you mentioned, you're building something, let's say you're in your basement or you're parent's basement or you know mm-hmm. depending on what age you are like derek derek mentions in here he's like my idea the profitability means for me covering covering my family's cost of living and all the business expenses and taxes and mm-hmm. such and such and it's like 10 to fifteen thousand a month in revenue mm-hmm. and uh i think it i don't know it's, it's probably a much different set of i don't know stresses or like It's a much, much different situation than let's say just like trying to build something when you don't necessarily have all of those responsibilities or expenses.
1: Yeah. The constraints of your situation, that's another thing, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, there's this, uh, I have a friend in Vancouver. Him and his girlfriend built uh, a business on the app store. And, uh, you know, they wanted to meet with me for, lunch in Vegas, we were at a conference and, you know, I really enjoyed being with them, but immediately I was like, these folks are young, you know, they are young. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did you do this? This is incredible what you've built here. Cause it really was incredible. He said, well, man, it was really tough. We lived in our parents' basement for, you know, a couple of years. And, um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that is a tremendous, asset. If you, if you have it, it's great to be able to do that. Um, Mike at FreshBooks did the same thing. Okay. But it is harder <laughs> Yeah. once you get older and you've got these other constraints on you. Now, I don't think constraints are necessarily a bad thing. Uh, that was the other thing I wanted to mention. I, I
0: yeah, no, I absolutely not. I think they're, they are definitely a necessary thing.
1: I was listening to the Conan O'Brien podcast. Conan is a friend with Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, they were. Conan was talking about how people sometimes pitch him shows that are meant to be really edgy. And and he said and it didn't work. He was watching this pilot and it didn't work. Because he said, "The funniest thing in the world is give someone restraint. you need to create restraint. you need to create uh, it's how engines work. you make a confined space, and then you create all this energy and it's got nowhere to go, and it pushes the car forward. But there's something about that that's so true, too, of having this constraint. like in Derek's case, he's like, "Listen, my constraint is this thing needs to make 10 to 15k." And once you've outlined, you know those constraints then it makes it easier to make decisions. He looked at level and he said, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work with the time frame I have. And so as hard as it is to walk away from something, you can say, okay, well, I'm done, right?
0: Yeah, but he you know, he came away from that probably learning a, a bunch of different lessons and just like things that will carry him into the next, I don't know, phase of his life or next whatever project he picks up.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's why... Again in this kind of post camping bliss I'm in right now like all the folks listening to this right now that want to build their own SaaS or their own software company I get it like on one hand we just need to be driven we need to have that feeling that that itch that that we can't you know like we've got to we've got to do this and 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 want to do it well too Right, like we don't want to right. just put something out and it not be great. But on the other hand, <laughs> let's also learn to just enjoy the journey. Yeah,
0: maybe you can pedal pedal two minutes slower.
1: And pedal two minutes slower. that would be a good sh- show title. Yeah, I think that's good for me. I, anything else you want to say this week? I don't think so. No. Cool. It's
0: uh, it's, it's late in the evening.
1: It's late in the evening. I I hope you folks are. Cycling into a sunset, listening to this right now, <laughs> Just chilling out. Again, if you folks want to reach out to us on Twitter, we're at TransistorFM. You can also email us, uh, shows at Transistor.FM. Yeah, you, you folks have been finding ways to get a hold of us. Just, uh, we love hearing from you. And uh, John, we have two new Patreon supporters I can't wait to hear you pronounce these folks' names. Why don't you go through well, the list?
0: You you have you have a little bit of help on one yeah, of them. Yeah,
1: you know, that was smart.
0: I don't think I would have I don't think I would have said that one correctly. No, I wouldn't have either. So thanks as always to our uh Patreon supporters for uh helping out with the production of this show. Uh we have yeah, two new people. Uh Ivan Kirkovic. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah,
1: good good work. Okay
0: and Brian Ray. Brian Ray. I would have said that I probably would have said that Raya.
1: Yes. Yeah. That uh, Brian, good job with that was I I messaged him on Patreon to say okay. Thank you Brian Ray because that was very helpful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, there we have uh M- Miguel Piedrafita.
1: Yes. I
0: I think that's right. Yeah, he hasn't he, ha-
1: right. he hasn't messaged us to say, okay. you know. And he's a teenager, so he, he would have no oh, problem nice. speaking his mind if, it, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis, Dan Buddha, my brother, uh Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Kevin Markham, Sammy Shukert. Dan Erickson, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta.
1: I follow him on Instagram now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm just getting. I'm, I'm going further down. Uh, you know, it's like it starts with the name, and then I just keep going. Now I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm way <laughs> deep. You know, I'm, I'm experiencing as much Junta as I can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com. Uh, clubhouse and balsamic yeah thanks again to everyone
1: thanks folks we will see you next week